Hi, welcome to the Vine Life Church Podcast. We're in Boulder, Colorado, and we're following Jesus by staying rooted in His presence, growing in His family, and living on His mission so that hearts are awakened with His awe-inspiring love. In this time of social distancing, we're not currently gathering in person, but we invite you to stream the video from our weekend services online. And if we can help you in any way, reach out to us at vinelife.com. For now, here's a short sermon from last week in Divine Life. Again, thanks for joining us. Hey there, Vine Life. Hey there, friends tuning in. We're so excited to be with you again. We're still in this. We're still in this thing together. And I just want to remind you, I know it's been wild just watching on a screen and, and doing your best to stay connected to what God is doing in the church. Um, especially when you, you haven't been able to be with people in person for the most part. And I want to remind you that all across the region, we are with you. We're watching with you. We're in spirit with you. God is still on the move in his church, in his body. And uh, be encouraged today as we open up the word. In fact, I believe today that God is speaking. And uh, I just had a really clear sense this week that he has a, a direction for us to, to be leaning into today. Um, before we get into that, I do want to say congratulations to all of our graduates, like we've already said. Uh, I'm so proud of you guys for pushing through, and I'm so sorry that this has been different than what you expected. But listen, we just pray the strength and the peace of God on you as you transition seasons, that you're filled with the life of God, um, as you continue to respond to the assignments that He has in front of you. And uh, and this is Memorial Day weekend as well. We do want to honor all of those who serve in our military and have laid down their lives for our country. We are blessed because of you. And uh, um, so thank you so much. And let's honor all of those uh, uh, over the course of this weekend who continue to serve. Let's pray together before we jump into the word. Father, I thank you today that you continue to gather us together. You continue to stir up the hearts of your people. And And I believe that this is a season where you're wanting to pour out your spirit in a fresh way. And so for all of those listening in today, for all, for all of us who are gathered even online, I, I pray um, for the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, to, to speak to our hearts and to align us with the reality of the kingdom of heaven. We love you and we give our lives to you today, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, For the last several weeks, we've been in this Rooted series, and really the idea has been very simple, um, that that we we believe that that Christ wants wants to sink our roots deep into him to know that everything that our hearts really want can be found in him. And he has given us everything we need to thrive in strength. And we hope that you've caught a glimpse of that over the course of the last several weeks as you've been learning to put into practice uh, new ways of of exercising your faith and expressing your faith in in an unprecedented time. Um, Ultimately, one of our prayers and hopes is that as a church, as we move forward, we would love for every single person to be so rooted in Christ and so established that we could literally drop you off 
you know, from a helicopter, of course, with a parachute, in any city of the world, and you'd be able to land, and you'd be able to land on your feet and begin to strengthen yourself in the Lord, to nourish yourself in the Lord. And not only that, but you would begin to, to, to find people, to befriend, to proclaim the gospel, to demonstrate the gospel, to heal the sick, to prophesy, um, to begin to gather those together so that you can equip them to do the same. How awesome would it be if all of us were established in such a way that no matter what happened to us or where we went, we'd have everything we need to, to, to continue to extend the kingdom of God and establish it in every nation of the earth. Wouldn't that be awesome? But for now, we get to practice that here. And as God sends us out, we get to practice that in other places. Um, next week is Pentecost Sunday. And this is a special time in the life, in the, the calendar of the church, because we get to remind ourselves that God did not leave us alone. In fact, Jesus, he ascended to the Father, right? So that he would be with us for all of time. In fact, Jesus is more present with us now than he was in his body through the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, and I, and I think it's something we have to think about these days, that Jesus is actually with us through the power of his Spirit, and so next week we get to celebrate Pentecost and I, and I just believe this is a time more important than ever that we in the church are filled with the Spirit of God. And I just wanna remind you, um, we will not be going back to where we came from, okay? That's gonna mean different things for all of us. Uh, for those of you who are in the marketplace or for those of you who have transitioned from one season to another, you're not going back in the same way that you went. And even in the church, we're not going back to some of the same things. But also, we're not going to be able to go forward in our own strength, our own minds, our own good ideas. You guys, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. And I sincerely believe this that God wants to deposit a, a new sense, a, a new inbreaking of his spirit, um, that we're not relying on ourselves in the same way, but we're filled, we're clothed with his power for the day that he's sending us into. And so I wanna talk about this today, what it looks like to wait for the promise of the Father. Because a lot of times in the church, especially the charismatic church, we're, we're pretty wild, and so we love to just skip all the way to the, the juicy parts of Acts chapter two, Right? you know, the tongues of fire and the upper room and, you know, and, and, and the believers being added to the number, all the, you know, really great stories. So we go from straight from the resurrection all the way to Pentecost Sunday, but there's, there is an in-between time. Again, not only the ascension, but what Jesus said to his disciples even before Pentecost is critical for us as we prepare for the new day that God is sending us into. I wanna read to you a passage right from the beginning of the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter one. And listen, this is, uh, you, you, you need to know that Acts is really part two of the gospel of Luke. This is what Luke wrote to continue what he started. And we, as we read, the book of Luke is really what Jesus began to do and teach. Acts is what Jesus continued to do and teach through the apostles and through the Holy Spirit. And so here's how Luke kicks off the book of Acts chapter one. It says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. And after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, 
appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, uh, for John the Baptist, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And again, this is about nine days before what we read on Pentecost Sunday where the, the, the disciples were just blasted with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about this for a second. In, the, in this passage, we read about how Jesus, he, was, he, he had died, he had resurrected, and now he was about to ascend. And these are his final parting words. And basically, we, we get the sense that he had given them everything they needed. He had fully equipped them. Uh, he taught them about the kingdom of God. He, he matured them. He modeled for them what life in the kingdom looked like. He prepared them. Um, he even, in the Gospel of John, it says he even breathed on them and already gave them the Holy Spirit. They already received the Holy Spirit to a measure. But he still said that you need to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And it's just a wild idea that he had given them everything they needed, but essentially he's saying, listen, there's one more thing you're going to need, but in order to get it, you're going to have to wait. Just think about that for a second. Why would Jesus, after giving them everything they already needed and and modeling the kingdom of God, why would he make them wait? Have you thought about that? Like, why would he not just zap them right then and there and just, you know, it'd just be the, the, a, a great transition, a great climactic scene of the story. He's, he's lifting off, going to heaven, and he just pow, 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 and he just gives them the Holy Spirit and clothes them with the power of the Holy Spirit right then and there. But that's not what we read. He says, you're actually going to have to wait to get what you need. See, there's something about intentional, purposed waiting on God that is critical for positioning ourselves for his outpouring in a new way. But that doesn't mean that it's always easy. You see, with waiting, it's not really a word that a lot of us like to associate ourselves with, right? When you say the word waiting, you automatically start thinking about waiting in line or waiting in traffic, which for my wife is the end of her, right? Uh, waiting your turn, which nobody really wants to do. You do it because you have to. And and even the word waiting, it sounds a lot like wasting, right? So we almost associate waiting with wasting time, wasting opportunities, wasting a moment, right? Um, That's why even when Jesus invited all of his disciples to go wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, that invitation was extended to like 500 followers of Jesus. But how many actually made it to the upper room? Only about 120. Why? Because in times of waiting is where most of us begin to fall out. And it's a time that we're in right now. We are in a time, a global time of waiting. But Blaise Pascal, he's a, a French philosopher, mathematician in 1654. He, he was talking about the importance of waiting, the importance of, of being alone and having times of solitude and ha- having time of inactivity. And he said it like this. He said, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. We don't like to do that, right? And he said this in 16, 1654, 
In fact, a few years ago, there was another study that said this about us. In 2014, a study in the Journal of Science found that many people choose to administer self-shock rather than sit quietly in a room for 12 minutes. And so what they did is they brought a bunch of people into a room and they said, uh, listen, would you rather sit quietly here or would you rather uh, experience a shock to your body? And uh, a, a lot of them actually chose shock rather than sitting quietly. But then what happened is after they were shocked, they gave them another opportunity. They said, hey, if you can you know, either sit here for the remainder of the 12 minutes um, or uh, if, if you want to, you can, you can shock yourself again. And the study showed this, that um, uh, after giving them that option of sitting alone in a room for 15 minutes, they could either sit alone with their own thoughts and kind of wait there in silence and solitude or shock themselves. Uh, studies show that 70% of men and 25% of women, see women are smarter than men, but 70% of men and 25% of women chose to shock themselves again because they were just bored. Instead of just sitting there waiting. Why? Because in waiting, we're confronted with ourselves. We're confronted with our own desires. We're confronted with our own misaligned expectations. It's in waiting that God gets to us in a whole new way. And simply put, many of us don't have the patience to wait because waiting often feels like death. And I think that's the point. That's the point of being in times of waiting. Waiting is a letting go. It's a surrendering of ourselves and our lives to God. You see, it's in times of waiting that we can open up our hands and whatever we're holding, we can begin to give it to God as an offering so that he can consume it with his consuming fire. And I just really believe that we're in a time, God will not allow us to enter the new day until everything in our hands is fully surrendered back to him. So what kinds of things should we be surrendering to God? I think we can just go down the list of every part of our life that is nagging at our hearts and pulling on our minds these days. We need to surrender our finances and security. You know, our, our, our job security and our, and our career ambitions. We need to surrender our health and well-being and, and give those back to God. We need to surrender hopes and dreams, right? The things that we thought were supposed to happen. We should surrender our relationships, our kids, our marriages, our extended family, our loved ones. Surrender them back to God. We have to t- surrender our timetables and our expectations of how long things are supposed to take. This is a time for us to surrender our past victories and our past regrets, our present circumstances, and then as we look to the future, our vision of what the, f- the future was supposed to look like. All of those things should be presented back to God. We need to surrender to God the things that we feel like we deserve or the, f- the things that we feel like God owes us. We have to surrender even the things that God has promised to us. So what I'm saying is, yes, everything has to be surrendered in a time of waiting before God. 
And I know some of you right now are listening and thinking, seriously, Luke, like, are you telling me I just need to throw my hands up and just give up on everything? Kind of. Except instead of throwing your hands up in passivity, I believe the invitation of the Father right now is to open our hands in intentionality. See, it's not about checking out and laying down everything God has given us or anything that matters to us. It's about taking them and bringing them as an offering to the altar of God in our lives, the altar of our hearts and saying, God, all of these things that that matter to me, I'm giving them back to you to reorder as you wish. And see, this is what happens in a time of waiting. In fact, I, I really believe that just like Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you have received the promise of the Father. I, I, I believe that there's a call to the church right now for all of us, for all of you watching it, uh, listening in. I, I believe that the Spirit of God is saying, do not try to move forward until you have surrendered everything back to me and received my power in a fresh way. You see, we cannot enter a new season without being fully laid down, fully surrendered to God, and that even means the good things that God has given us in our life. That means the promises, the dreams, the provision, and the the well-being that he's given us. I know that sounds wild, but let me just use a story to explain what I'm talking about. You see, in the Old Testament, uh, we, we enter the story of Abraham. In the story of Abraham, as we know, he was married to Sarah, and at that point in time, she was barren. She was not able to have children, and yet God brought a promise to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, and he said, he said I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Your seed is, is going to cover the earth like the, the, like the grains of sand cover the beach, like the stars in the sky. It's just gonna be numerous on end. And, and Abraham and Sarah, they, just, they had a hard time believing that because they were getting old and this promise had not been fulfilled. They had tried to fulfill it on their own and they got another son named Ishmael. But eventually God fulfilled his promise to them and, and gave them a son whose name was Isaac. He was the promise of God. He was the the fruit of everything, all the vision and dreams that he had given them. But then in in, in a scene shortly after this, we read that God tells Abraham very directly and very specifically, I want you to go and sacrifice your son Isaac on the altar. And and you've got to imagine what that must have been like for Abraham. I mean, just the idea of sacrificing your son is heartrending as it is. But think about laying down a fulfilled promise, laying down uh, what God has spoken to you. It was from him, right? Why would he ask me to sacrifice what already came from him? You see, the whole story in the Old Testament, I don't believe that God was asking, you know, he was really wanting Abraham to kill his son, but I believe it was foreshadowing of what would happen in Christ. But even more importantly, uh, the the principle of the story is that even the the promises and the provision of God and the dreams that he he has for his life, if we're not willing to even surrender those back to God, even the good things can become idols in our lives. 
And I think for all of us, we have things that we're holding on to that quite possibly are keeping us from entering into a new day because we want to take everything from our lives as they, were, as they are and as they were and bring them into a new day. And I think we're in a time where God is saying, listen, I want to pour out my spirit in a new way, but it's going to require you to surrender your dreams and visions and prophetic words so I can transform them and reshape them and equip you for the day that I'm calling you into. You see, even this week, our leadership uh, had the opportunity to press into this. We were able to get together to pray, our senior leadership team, socially distanced, of course, but we were able to get together in person. And as we were praying together and seeking God, the, the word that we kept coming back to was surrender. That God was saying, will you surrender everything? Will you surrender this church back to me? Will you surrender your idea of how things are supposed to go? Will you surrender your plans? and your expectations, and your agendas. Surrender your finances, and, and the, the building, and the property, and, the, and your roles, and positions, and the things that, that, that you're holding on to. Will you entrust me with those again? And it was this deep sense, both personally, each of us were surrendering things from our own life, but, but as a church, just offering ourselves back to God, and we just had this sense that this is for all of us right now. This is something he's wanting to do among us because surrender is a critical part of actually receiving the new day that God has for us. And I guarantee you the day he's calling into us is gonna look different than anything you and I are thinking about right now. But the only way to get there, the only way to be clothed with power from on high is to give ourselves to the process of waiting and I want to invite you, I believe this week is a, is a critical week, even as we work towards Pentecost Sunday, that there is an opportunity for here to, uh, for us to make more margin in our time to wait on God. In fact, this week we're going to, uh, our, our leaders are going to um, offer some videos online this week and lead some times of prayer to surrender different aspects of our lives back to Jesus, to just let him know that God, you, you are Lord of our lives, we are not Lord of our own lives. Why would we do that? Because we want to free ourselves from anything that has a grip on our hearts so that we can receive everything that he is wanting to do in a new day. This requires us to get real and to get honest with what really matters. And I believe this, is, this invitation is for you as well. Even in fact, you're watching this and you're thinking about your own life and the things, that, the things that you're thinking about right now, the things that matter to your heart, you're thinking about your own dreams and your own visions, and there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with the prophetic words that God has given us to fight for. There's nothing wrong with the callings of our life. The only thing is they all have to be surrendered to Jesus. And I, and I wonder what would happen if, as a church, as you're watching this today, if, if this week we took time to surrender to God. Surrender your kids back to God. Surrender your finances back to God. Surrender your, your, your possessions, your cars, and, your, and, and the things that, uh, that, you're, that you're acquiring right now. Surrendering your calendar back to God. And say, God, I don't know what you want, but we give you permission to rearrange and to reorder whatever you want to position us for the day that you're calling us into. 
And guys, I'm not trying to hype anything up. I, I, I promise you, we are not trying to hype up this, this new, you know, explosive move of God. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I don't think any of us do. But listen, I want to make sure that when God moves, we are positioned as the body to receive what he has. We cannot miss this, guys. And so I wanna encourage you, do not let this moment pass by. Do not end this online streaming and to just get on with what you're doing. Take time to surrender yourselves before the Lord. And this week, make extra margin to ask God, what is it that you want me to offer back to you so that we can be clothed with power from on high together? I wanna pray and then then we're gonna play a song that was recorded this week I surrender all, this beautiful song. And as we sing this song together, let the Holy Spirit begin to bring to mind the things that he wants, he wants you to offer. And be obedient, offer to God everything. So Jesus, we thank you for leading us. We thank you that you are among us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that this is your day this is a day for, for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way for all of us, for our sons and daughters to prophesy, for old men to dream dreams. And I, and I thank you, Lord God, um, th- that you are leading us in this time. And I pray that this time of waiting and this time of surrender would be pleasing to you. That you would, that you would see a, a church and a body that, that would give up anything to follow you. I pray for the work of the Holy Spirit in every heart and every home. We love you today, Jesus, and we say that we are yours. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.